God, we're doing it. Oh, God, I missed you. I missed you so much. Let's just drop right into this. Um, welcome to the Love Alexi podcast. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. And I have so many thoughts and feelings during this global pandemic. All right. It is late at night. I just meditated. I've set a mood in the studio. And by studio, I mean my living room. All right. I've lit a candle and then I blew it out because I was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll be podcasting. The smell might get overwhelming. I, I don't know. I don't have to blow it out during the show. Anyway, whatever. I got two full glasses of flat water. I've got rose water spray just in case I need to wake myself up because it's a little bit late at night. Uh, you know, lots of stuff to lube up my lips, a cup of hot tea with cream and sugar. Wake up. I'm already putting you to sleep with all the details of how I'm setting the scene for tonight's episode, today's episode, wherever, whenever it is that you're listening to it. And I did my transcendental meditation right before. So I'm coming from a grounded, deep, deep centered place. All right. So I do these things called big sister sessions where I talk to men and women, girls and guys all over the world. And I serve as the big sister you never knew you needed or wanted. All right. I went to the, uh, I got my master's degree at the school of hard knocks. I've had so many shame spirals, so much life experience. I've tried everything, every kind of healing modality and uh, what have you. So I serve as a big sister who can give you good advice, good, thoughtful, big sisterly advice. So hopefully you don't have to experience the pain and the suffering that I've already experienced for you. Anyway, so this week I had a bunch of big sister sessions with men and women all over the globe. Not trying to brag, but I just want to tell you what it is. So I was talking to this one incredibly young woman and we were talking about dating We were talking about dating and trying to find a relationship during a global pandemic. And I was like, oh, I mean, this is what I live for. I fucking love, not global pandemics, but I I fucking love talking about flirting, dating, romance, sex, feelings, longing, this, that, and the other, breakups, new love, what have you. Uh, So because of my session with her our one-on-one Zoom sesh, I was like, you know what? I'm so inspired by everything we talked about. I'm going to dedicate my next episode of the podcast to love, sex, dating, relationships, and flirting during quarantine. Because my God, whether you're in a relationship and you're living with someone or you're a you're boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever you are, wherever you are, however you're doing it, if you're in a relationship and you're not living with someone or you're in a relationship and you are living with someone or you're single and alone, doesn't mean you have to be lonely, but if you're single and alone, everybody has their own issues. You could feel lonely and alienated and sick of the person you're with. Maybe you're falling more in love with them during the quarantine. Uh, You could be single, living alone and flourishing and thriving and just loving living on your own and getting to know yourself. I'm not talking about masturbating, but we'll get there later on in the, in the episode. Anyway, uh, you could be having new flirtations, being on an app, 
maybe you're in a relationship, you're in an open relationship. I don't know what's going on, but there are all different types of scenarios happening uh, that having to do with sex and relationships and flirtations and rendezvous um, that I want to explore and I want to talk about. And I have a lot of emails that I got from all of you out there with questions and thoughts and feelings having to do with just that. So, oh my God. And now that this pandemic has been going on for so long, isn't it odd how it's like at first, you know, in March, it was like, oh, this is crazy. What is this? Oh my God, I don't know. Just bleach all of your your groceries. Like when you get them home and take off all your clothes and spray yourself with uh, cyanide, you know, before you go in and you unload the the groceries that you're going to wash and douse and, and bleach. And it's like, oh, I wonder how long this is going to last for. I'm not sure. This is crazy. And uh, and then it's like, okay, oh, now it's all right. We're not bleaching our groceries. It's it's airborne. It's more that it's uh, okay. We don't have to be so serious. And they're like ebbs and fl- they're like. So now it's the nine month mark. <sighs> I was very wanting to have sex earlier in pandemic, like maybe month two, I was like chomping at the bit. I was just like gagging for it, like just wanting to have sex. I was like throbbing. Then that went away. Oh my God, there's a plane. Of course, every time I'm trying to podcast in the evening in Hollywood, there's a fucking plane. It's probably a helicopter. It's it's pandemonium out there. It's just, I don't know what's going on anymore. Everything is, everything's falling apart. No, it's not. Stop it. That was a test. You failed. Be more positive. God. Anyway, be here with me right now. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'll, I was just speaking for myself. I went through so many different phases of lust and uh, I hate the word horny. I think it's the word. I can't stand the word horny. I think it's like such a fucking, I was going to say boner killer, but I also don't like the word boner, but whatever. Anyway, I'm swimming in a bunch of words I don't enjoy, but I did this to myself. So anyway. I've gone through so many different phases of my sexuality, waking up and falling back asleep, waking up, falling back asleep. You know, and about a year ago, I was just, for a long time, it was dormant. My sexuality, I was like dead inside. My sexuality was put in a box, uh, locked up. Somebody threw away the key. It was over. I was just like, you know, then early on in pandemic, I decided to get on a dating app, got on a dating app, matched with some people, didn't think much of it, and started having sending voice notes with one person I matched with on uh, on the dating app. And that was so fresh after my breakup, right? Just was so raw still. It turned into like me sending voice notes. I mean, can you imagine? Voice notes as long as my podcast pretty much just like crying, trying to explore the meaning of life and love and what's the point of it all and what's the ideal and is that even possible and like, what do I really want? What's, you know, what does it all mean? Oh God, you know, like, ugh. anyway, dissecting love and what it, what it means and what to strive for. Anyway, well, here's where I'm at now. It's like nine months in. I feel fucking fantastic. I'm meditating twice a day. My sexuality is alive and well. I am sexting like a champion. I am flirting like a crazy kid. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm loving life. And uh, I'm saying baby all the time. Baby, my love, baby, this, that, and the other. I don't want to say I'm the best sexter in the world, but I'm not horrible at it. I think I'm pretty good. Uh, should I tell this story? Anyway. 
I remember the first time I experienced intense sexting. I was working on some project, like an acting thing. I'm not going to say his name, but he's still relevant and in the news. And he was married at the time. And I remember at the end of the shoot, and there's a point to this, it is getting somewhere having to do with sexting. At the end of the shoot, he had a kid and my friend was a children's book author and I had like a box of children's books in my car, which sounds really creepy now that I say it out loud. Um, anyway, so like I'm trying to lure children into my car, like, come on, it's a fun book. You'll love it. Get, get over here. Come in, step inside. Anyway, um, so I give this actor guy a book for his children, two books. I'm not stingy. He had two kids, one for each. Maybe that was too much. Maybe I invited what ended up happening, happening next into my life. Oh my God, it was me. Classic me blaming myself. Anyway. And he texted me and thanked me. He must have gotten my number from the call sheet. He texted me to thank me for the books. And I was like, oh, no worries. I'm glad they like the, glad your, your kids like the books. Great. Um, and I don't know how this happened because it was not started by me. I don't fuck around with married men. Um, even though some of them find their way to me. And then I've got to be like, what is the goal here? Okay. This is not for me. Okay, you say you're in an open relationship, but does your wife know that you're in an open relationship? That, that pops up. Girls, anybody, you always have to ask. If a guy says he's in an open marriage, always. First of all, you always have to ask a guy if they're married with kids. Because sometimes if you don't ask, like if you meet them on a dating app or Instagram and they slip into your DMs, if you don't ask, they won't tell. So I always like to ask point blank, are you married with children? And you know what happens when I ask? A lot of the times they, a lot of the time they go, oh, yes. How do you feel about that? And I'm like, oh my God. And then other times I'll, I'll meet men and they'll be like, but we're in an open, we have an arrangement. We have an understanding. We have an open marriage. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I feel like every time I hear that, the wife is not aware of the fact that she's in an open marriage. Um, anyway, I'm all over the place already. So here's the thing. So he's married. He thanks me for the books. This actor guy who shall remain nameless. Uh, another version of me from an eon ago would have been like, okay, his name rhymes with blah, 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 blah. Or I would have said his name. No, because... Life is not black and white. There are many shades of gray. And this was a while ago. And who knows what he has learned from then until now. None of my business. I'm a completely different person than I used to be. Anyway. But this guy, he thanks me. And then he starts sexting me. Like, like he's a master at it. Like he's like, oh, you know, what are you doing? Oh, you are? Well, if you're over here, I would be blah, blah. And all of a sudden in his sext... He's painting a picture of like, I'm bent over in his trailer or this, that, and the other. And, he, and I didn't do anything. It was like, I was shocked. I was shocked, but very intrigued. And then I thought, like, I thought, because his wife at the time was so beautiful, I thought, oh my God, maybe he's trying to invite me to have a threesome with his wife. So I asked him that and he said, he said no. I was like, all right, okay. And then I would just get, I wouldn't even have to do anything. He would just do it. He was like send me these texts. You just send me these texts, these explicit texts. And I was like so turned on, but also terrified, frozen in fear, 
reading the text, but like also like very intrigued. And I would tell my best friends about it and be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Look what he texted. Um, and now as a full grown woman, adult, I feel like the way I te- uh, sexed is on, is on the same level as, uh, as that guy from, from an eon ago. I feel like I'm as good as he was, except I text in a sexy way. And it's not, uh, it's with consent. It's with consent. But, you know, I could have told him to stop. I didn't, I didn't tell him. Anyway. So I'm in a new phase of pandemic sexuality. I have had sex during the pandemic. And when I say I've had sex during the pandemic, I mean pandemic sex, okay? Pandemic sex is not in person. Pandemic sex is sending voice notes or, you know, date, pandem- pandem- pandemic dating is sending voice notes, uh, sexting, uh, you know, whatever. But I've had pandemic sex and I fucking love it. And it counts as real sex. And I feel alive. And I feel powerful. And... I think all of you should be doing it. I mean, it's none of my business, none of my business. But when I was talking to this woman this week, a woman in her early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, gorgeous, nothing that matters, and that's all subjective, but she was gorgeous, bright, had a great career, living her life, also involved with this global pandemic that we're all experiencing. Uh, And she was wondering, why am I still single, this, that, and the other? And I feel like the advice is the same for anybody in this situation. I don't know if I'm mainly speaking to women. I don't think so. I think it's for everybody. Um, But it comes down to when you're extremely happy and you're putting yourself first and you're doing things that make you, that fill you with joy and you put the uh, oxygen mask over your face first, like they say when you're on, a, on an airplane, before you put it over and you, you can't help anybody else to help yourself. That is when you become magnetic. And I've noticed through whatever, I, know I said it before, I'll say it again, through the not drinking, through the meditation twice a day, yes, I'm in a 12 step. Will you stop fucking talking to me about it? It's none of your fucking business. But me going to my my meetings, starting up this podcast again, cooking, trying to cook, taking my French lessons on Babbel. This episode is not sponsored by Babbel. Anyway, by keeping busy, keeping in touch with my friends, it makes me feel like I'm a hundred percent and I'm completely, I'm complete. I feel full, full of myself. I mean, that's horrible. Anyway, and that I think is the greatest place to be. And then you, you aren't attracting something out of like, not desperation, but maybe desperation or fear or like trying to get happy uh, from something, you know, outside of yourself. And then we also talked about her dating app profile pics because, you know, that's important too. We got down to her. We talked about her list, that cliche list of all the things you want in your ideal partner. And we got down to the the core things she's looking for. We streamlined. That was so fucking exciting and fun. I made her show me her bumble pics, her hinge pics. I was like, when was that from? She's like five years ago. I was like, all right, you need to take down that dusty 
dusty photo. All right. It's stale. It's dusty. Have a fun photo shoot in your place. Upload some new cool, uh, you know, new pics, re-energize your, your account. And, uh, and the minute, and don't engage with guys when you already know, like you're like, oh, so boring. I feel nothing, but I got to engage because like, you know, no, meditate, listen to your intuition, figure out what you want. When your intuition tells you something, get the fuck out of there. You know, anyway, so this is a nice, a nice session. Am I, is any of this, should I just forget it? I'm going to read your emails. Um, and I just think it's such a beautiful time to be single also. I—think it's a beautiful time to be single. And I, I love sex. I am so... I mean, that's rude. Back off, okay? I'll, I'll tell you what I want to tell you. But uh, I'm a very sexual person. I really had... I, I thought I knew that already, but I realized like that is very important to me. Like Especially in a relationship... That is, sex is a very important thing to me, all right? Anyway, but I thought I was like, I am a sexual person and I do love flirting and I love dating, but I'm, my, my neuroses supersedes all of that during a pandemic because I'm like not about to go date and meet people in real life. I did finally reach a point where I'm like, okay, if I really like somebody and we're messaging and they live in Los Angeles and I do feel a connection where I get along with them and we're, we're vibing as they say, vibing. Okay. I would meet up with them and I'd go on like a, a, a walk wearing a mask, you know, whatever. But it's also kind of a beautiful thing because what I'm noticing since I have not yet meet up, met up with anybody in person, in real life, uh, to pandemic date. But I have connected with people who live in other places. And the most adorable thing that's come out of that, like pandemic romance with people who, uh, and it's, it's not a thing about being having a crush on someone who's unavailable or emotionally unavailable, blah, blah, blah. If anything, I feel, I feel that I, I'm emotionally available and people I'm meeting are emotionally available. I just think that nobody's physically available, uh, which is fine. There's a fucking uh, you know, virus out there. Be careful. So anyway, so I feel like dating during the pandemic has turned into this beautiful like Jane Austen book or something. Is that the right reference? Or all of a sudden I'm sending letters and spraying my letters with perfume, sending a letter out into the ether, going to the post office, getting a beautiful stamp or a, you know, whatever, sending voice notes, sexting, but also, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, that's not the, uh, the Jane Austen part of the novel, but uh, the, the sexting, but the sending the letter and spritzing it with perfume and just the fact that a voice note and hearing someone's voice is so meaningful because you're like, oh, wow. Yes, you could do a phone call too, but voice notes are sweet because you can replay them and save them and play them again and again. But it's just an interesting time. You can get so creative. You can have, uh, I'm not saying I've done this. I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but here's something sexy, especially if you're having a, whatever, if somebody else lives, if if somebody lives in another city or a little bit further away, whatever. Here's what I think is hot. Get them to send you. Well, hopefully it's COVID free. Get them to send you 
an oversized shirt or some kind of piece of clothing you can wear to sleep that smells of them. All right. That way you're like wearing them. Is that sounding sick? Like I'm a psycho, like I'm a murderer, like, like you're wearing their skin. Not like you're wearing their skin, but just the idea. I think it's so sexy. Like somebody's pheromones or even their, you know, their cologne, their pheromones, something that I was going to say something that reeks of them, but maybe that's like too much. And you're like, gross, this is not what I signed up for, but I'm into that. I like smells. I like perfumes. I like cologne. I like pheromones. Uh, and I like the idea of like wearing nothing, but some, like, like a, a guy you have a crush on, you wear their, uh, you know, cause I'm into guys, but wearing their, their shirt over my naked body and going to sleep. And then I'm going to leave it at that. That's none of your business. I think it's so rude that you keep trying to invade my space like this. Unfucking believable Anyway, I'm just trying to, to make pandemic dating a little less boring, a little more romantic, a little more exciting, a little more old timey. And that's all. And I really want to read your emails. That is the whole point of today's episode. So I can fucking read your relationship related emails. All right. There's a major chance I might just delete this entire episode. So if you end up hearing it, let me know. You know what I actually really like? If you're listening to the episode, if you like it, hopefully you're still here. Who knows what happened? If you like it, Instagram, I mean, if you would, I would appreciate this. Instagram yourself listening to the podcast, tag me so I can, uh, you know, repost it, my stories. I would love that. I think that would be fun. Something you and I can do to connect, you know? Anyway, all right. This is from Chris. And Chris actually wrote, I don't want to use a fake name. That's great. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Hi, Lexi and listeners. This, this Chris guy's a pro. All right. Hi, Lexi and listeners. I am 23, uh, almost 24. Uh, I'm a year old man from Phoenix, Arizona. Nine months out of a four-year dead-end relationship. I feel amazing being single. Oh my God, Chris, I was just talking about that. That's so crazy. Okay. But like my sense of intimacy is dead. I was also talking about that, Chris. That's wild. Ugh. Oh my God, the ebb and flow. Okay. Alexi, I have no interest in meeting anyone new to date. Not to mention it's a pandemic, Alexi, but I've always been obsessed with love. Hence my obsession with Boy Crazy Radio, uh, Love Alexi, and other call-in advice shows. Uh, I am doing work on my codependency as well. Uh, I've recently made new friends through my neighbors even though it's a quarantine pandemic lockdown revolution. Oh, you're using my phrase, Chris. I love you. But like, not like I love you. Like, you know, I just meant like a casual friendly. I love you. Okay. Um, which is real love as well. Anyway. Okay. Um, so I'm friends with these people during the lockdown and they want to help me meet new people, but I feel like I'm happy being single. Am I actually the healthy one for setting boundaries and trying to work on myself? I did meet someone beautiful inside and out, my neighbor's best friend, and we really click, but she's in high demand. High demand? Is she the vaccine? Whatever. Okay. And we agreed, and we agreed not the one for me. We, what? Okay. We hung out a couple of times on our own and they were really beautiful moments to me. Cuddling and singing Lana Del Rey, smoking cigarettes next to a fire pit, drinking wine in the pouring rain. Are you kidding me? Are these actually lyrics to a Lana Del Rey song? Because Chris, this sounds like perfection, like a fantasy. 
that I want to live in. Okay. Alexi, she replies to all of my texts immediately. So I know she doesn't hate me. Oh, I love that. Okay. I said we should just be friends and she actually treats me like one. I kind of wish she liked me, but we are from different worlds. She has tattoo sleeves, used to do drugs, drives drunk, and leaves spontaneously. That's how I know I'm codependent because I'm attracted to that behavior. I feel like I'm actually setting boundaries with someone for the first time and even said no to having sex with her when she tried to when we were drunk because it happened so fast and I wasn't ready. I'm just looking for some validation. Is it normal to enjoy being single right now after getting out of a relationship that felt fake? Or am I simply just blind to true intimacy? Is it normal to not want to meet anyone ever again after a big breakup? Or should I just keep waiting for what's around the corner to open my heart? Thank you. I love you. Oh, you said I love you too, Chris. Thank you. Okay, so we're both on the same page. We both, we both confessed our love for one another in a friendly, platonic, but loving way. Great. Uh, signed, Chris. I do not want to use a fake name. Well, you didn't, Chris, and I fucking love you for it. Okay. So many things to unpack here. You are a young man, right? You just got out of a relationship. You seem very in tune with yourself, right? You're talking, you're using words like codependency, um, you're, you're enjoying being alone, which I was just talking about. Yes. Listen to your intuition. Don't fight against your own intuition. You seem, from what I've read, you seem like you have a very good sense of yourself, but you also seem like you, you can't trust that. Like you don't want to trust yourself because maybe you're wrong and, and like something else, somebody else knows better or, or of course you're not, um, of course you're not living life the way you're supposed to be. But you know what? You dictate what you do, the choices you make, how you react. And I would say, just listen to what your gut is telling you. Again, I call that listening to your intuition. Again, I will say it. I really do think meditating sharpens your intuition like nothing else. It's the greatest thing in the world, even though it used to, I used to think it was so boring. Every episode, I'm, I'm going to have to talk about transcendental meditation because I swear to God, it's change my fucking life. But like, because that's the most important thing, listening to yourself, not denying what you need for yourself, what you know is for you. And like, I know that so much of my suffering came out of suppressing or stifling how I really felt because I didn't trust my gut. I wouldn't, I couldn't, I'd be like, this feels wrong. I'm having a, like, like literally a physical reaction, like an allergic reaction to a situation I'm in, but it must work. He's so cute. He's so handsome. He's so nice on paper. It's good, right? No, your body knows. Listen to your intuition. Also, I'm worried about your friend and how she drives drunk and she's trying, you guys were going to have sex really quick, but you said you didn't, you said no, but it was happening so quick. So I don't know whether I, I, I think you didn't have sex, which I respect, but it also was a little murky, like maybe you had sex. But either way, sound. I think you didn't. So you want the validation, but you're also very happy being alone. And then you're also asking me, like, is it normal to just shut down and be like, forget it, forget love, fuck love for the rest of my life? Yes, that's all part of it. It's like childbirth. They say that like women, after they give birth to a baby, they forget how painful it is because 
they have to forget because if they did, if they remembered, they'd never do it again. So with time, eventually your heart will mend. I promise time does make, for the most part, makes everything better. The fact that you know you're enjoying being alone and have, but you have your friends and you're getting to know yourself and you're just, that's great. I'm right there with you. I love it. I am not, I'm not looking for anything, but I am open to something wonderful. And that's a really great place to be. And it seems like you're, you, you said you're closed off a bit. Yeah. You're, you're in a relationship that you're getting over. Let let everything work itself out in your mind. You're processing all this stuff. What happened? Why did it happen? What was your fault? What was her fault? Because it, it always takes two. It's not just one person's fault for everything. Two people meet, they come together, and something is created out of that uh, that cocktail of people. <laughs> oh my God. I've, all right. Um, so you're processing all of that. And it takes time. Some people, and they do say this on uh, Sex in the City, they say it takes half the time you're in a relationship to get over it. So how long were you in this relationship for? I mean, that's just like a, a math equation for heartbreak. But uh, you're nine months out of a four-year dead-end relationship. All right, relax. Okay. You learn stuff. I'm sure you learned a lot of stuff. See, that's another wonderful thing about relationships. And even like rendezvous and, and experiences you have, however long or short they last, uh, you learn something about yourself. You learn what you want. You learn what you don't want. You grow. So it could take 12 15 more months. You got 15 more months, then you're back in the game, baby. You're back. God, I just wanted to say baby really loud. That was exciting. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blow anybody's eardrums out. Um, yeah, but your friend driving drunk, she's got her own issues. You, you could also read Codependent No More. And if she's a young woman, I mean, maybe that's what your 20s are about, but I hope she doesn't hurt anybody. And I hope she doesn't hurt herself or hurt anybody. Driving drunk, not good, not cool. Don't do it. It's not even, I'm not trying to make a joke about it either. It concerns me and, uh, and let her be your friend. If you say you just want a friendship, beautiful, have a friendship. It'll probably last longer than any kind of sexual rendezvous you two have, you know? I hope that helps in any way. But you sound like you have so much self-awareness, which isn't always the case. So that's a lovely thing. And thank you for sharing your story with the Love Alexi podcast, baby. Um... Oh, here we go. I'm going to go on to the next email. Dear Lexi, I enjoy your podcast. One thing I've always wanted to say to you is that I think you deserve a man who encourages and celebrates your creativity rather than those who have discouraged and inhibited it. I think you will find that man. You're a genius and an absolute original. Jeez, way to put the pressure on. Jesus Christ. I feel like this is not one of my best podcasts and I'm reading this extreme compliment to myself. All right, I'm just going to power through. All right, Alexi, please don't ever change. Keep living your life and making all of ours so much better. What a woman you are. Signed, Jay. Oh my God, Jay. Unbelievable. Thank you very much. I should frame this email that I've printed out on paper. Is this a prank? 
No, I'm going to accept this. Thank you very much for your beautiful words. And you know what? Okay, I'm going to read this again. Not the genius part, but uh, I did enjoy that. Okay. One thing about it, uh, I think you deserve a man who encourages and celebrates your creativity rather than those who have discouraged and inhibited it. Okay. Let me just say this, because this is important for me to say. The person who has discouraged and inhibited me the most is me. Always. It's always been me. Always. I will put it on a guy, on a boyfriend, on a relationship. I will blame them. I will make them a villain. I always choose wonderful men. All the men in my life are pretty great. Fantastic. Some I've been more creative during a relationship than others. Uh, But yeah, it's interesting. Because I don't think I've ever had an unsupportive boyfriend ever, but it's how I operate within a relationship. It's like two things, the type of person I choose and the way and my behavior in a relationship. So sometimes I pick someone who's more compatible with me. Other times, no, but they're lovely and they're nice, but it's not a fit. And then as a result, I don't know. And I don't know if anybody can relate to this, whoever you are, wherever you are, but it's me who like, I either shrink or get embarrassed or shy or unmotivated or so consumed by a relationship that I, that I don't do the things that make me happy, which is why I think, oh my God, everybody right now, listen, I have to tell you, you've caught me at a fantastic moment. I was just saying this to somebody. I honestly, it sounds so corny to say, I've never been happier in my life because I'm taking care of myself and I'm being exactly who I want to be and I'm having a blast on Instagram and storying and going live. And to me, I feel like Instagram is art and I fucking love it. And I love my friends and I'm keeping up with them and you know meshing with them and just really making sure to like foster or nurture those relationships because I'm... I realize, oh, I miss certain people a lot. There's like a handful of people that I'm like, wow, they live in my mind and I care about them a lot and I seek them out on Instagram and I comment on their stories and you know, text with them and send voice notes and we talk on the phone and we FaceTime. So I just feel like I'm, I'm doing the things I'm meant to be doing and I... And in the past, I have a tendency in relationships to abandon myself and to make another person too important. And you can't make somebody else like your higher power or too important because then you just actively give your power away. And then you're just fucking powerless and you're laying in the fetal position, sobbing, wondering what they're up to on Instagram and uh, having an internal spiral being like, "Uh, I don't feel connected. They're responsible for my happiness. And nobody is responsible for your happiness but you. Nobody is responsible for my happiness but me. And other people, oh, I think Cher said something like that, where it's like, she doesn't need a man. Men are great. She loves men. She thinks they're the coolest, but she doesn't need a man. And you know what? I feel like I'm, uh, I'm channeling a bit of Cher uh, at this uh, juncture in my life uh, during this global pandemic. Uh, So yeah, so it's more, so thank you, Jay, for wishing me well and wishing me a wonderful relationship with, and, and, uh, with someone who 
nurtures my creativity or I can, but, but you know what? And that is a real thing. That's a really important thing. Cause I notice that when I interact with some people, some people don't bring that out of you. And that's why you have to pay attention. Like, Oh, even though it's my responsibility, it's also my responsibility to recognize and be really fucking honest with myself. Like, can I be completely myself with this person I'm dating? Can I be completely myself um, do I, am I even more myself with them? Do I make sure to like, uh, do I feel inspired to get all of my stuff done because I'm so energized by the relationship? Because sometimes like you can be with somebody who's nice, but like you just, for whatever reason, it's, it is a chemistry thing. But you have to be honest with yourself because I know that before I've been in relationships like over the course of my life where it's like, oh, I want this to work so bad, but I just like the chemistry. We we clash a bit and it takes so much energy. The relationship sometimes takes... That's another thing. You only have so much energy, okay? And if a relationship, even if you're happy in it some of the time, but you know if it starts sucking energy out of you and that's a, that's that's separate from like feeling like you have to shrink or god you have to be so self-aware again back to like tuning tuning into your intuition and everything and like be having clarity and like knowing who you are and like having autonomy and agency and just like just knowing who you are and like making sure to always be completely yourself easier said than done but like you also have to realize that like oh even though this person is well-meaning and I like them and we both care about each other and we want it to work, it's sucking a lot of energy out of me to keep it going because it's not as easy and effortless and inspiring as it should be and energizing as it should be. So these are all things to pay attention to. And sometimes I forget to pay attention to those things and I pay attention to other things instead. And I put blinders on because I'm in denial and I'm not being honest with myself. I'm not listening to my intuition. I'm stuffing it. I'm fucking stuffing it. Um, Or I fall in love with the idea of someone or who I think they might become or who I want them to be. And then I'm the one who ends up losing control of myself and my own life because I give away all my energy and power and blah, blah, blah to another person. So really, I can't blame anybody else. It's not the boyfriends. Everybody I know has always been encouraging and well-meaning, but uh, I'm the one who has to keep tabs on myself. And so thank you for giving me this email so I could uh, open up that portal to my soul and uh, remind myself of that. Hopefully it helps. It helps some of you out there, whoever you are listening. And let me know you're listening. I want to, I want us to be best friends on Instagram because that counts as real friendship. At Alexi Wasser. I'll see you there. All right. Um, am I supposed to say those podcast things you're supposed to say? Because I feel like I'm not saying them enough. And I'm, I'm like, do I, when do I say it? But yes, I've got to say those things. Uh, I've got to say the following things. If you like this podcast, subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment. It's all I've got. It's all I've got to look forward to and to live for. 
that's not true, but I, I would enjoy that. Subscribe. What do you say? Subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. I already asked you to be friends on Instagram. All right. And maybe that's, I think that's it. That's good. That's good. Okay. Oh, this is what I was going to say. So I took a year off of doing this podcast. And uh, now that I'm back, this is my day job. This is my, this is my job, bringing you uh, an episode, reading your emails, hopefully giving uh, thoughtful, kind, well-meaning, uh, helpful advice uh, to those who write in. Uh, giving a little piece of myself, if you will. So let me just say, because this is the only job uh, I'm doing and uh, I'm completely out of work during this time, if you enjoy this podcast, no pressure, but if you'd like to make a donation, I would love that. You can do so via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to put it out there. I got some donations this week. I'm not going to say I burst into tears every time I got a donation, but pretty much, pretty much where I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. People are listening. This is incredible. I should keep doing this. Maybe I will. Um, and then I get the podcast out a day late. God damn it. I, have an, I had another big se- big sister session with a guy in Australia and, and he's very creative and he started his own podcast and we're talking and I'm like, listen, consistency is key. All right. I'm not fucking around here. You, you must release your podcast on the same day every week. Consistency is key. And here I am like getting, getting my latest episode out a day later than I'm supposed to, which I felt gutted about by the way, but here we are. doesn't matter. Progress, not perfection. As they say, who says that 12 step programs of which I enjoy. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read another email. Um, Oh, and it's almost Christmas. I, I just said that because I just locked eyes with my mini single girls Christmas tree that I bought at Trader Joe's. Thank God for Trader Joe's. I love it so much. I love it so much. I love it more than Whole Foods. And you know why? Because every time I go to Whole Foods, which I think is more highbrow than Trader Joe's, yes. Every time I go to Whole Foods, my Whole Foods, uh, where, wherever it is in West Hollywood here, Tinseltown. Uh, okay. Every time I go there, I run into some douchebag I don't want to run into. And and I'm wearing a mask and they're wearing a mask. And we're still like, oh, Alexi. And I'm like, oh, hey, Josh, how are you? Didn't like you then, don't like you now. And it's like, ugh, I have to make bullshit, West Hollywood, douchey bullshit talk during a pandemic. Come on. I just like the vibe better at Trader Joe's. It's just cozier. Maybe the produce isn't as good. Maybe the, the, you know, there's no butcher, right? But I don't care. I, I, I like how I feel when I go to Trader Joe's, okay? Again, it all comes back to listening to that tiny, tiny voice inside you and just trusting your gut. So I went to Trader Joe's and I bought a teeny, tiny, teeny, 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 tiny, Christmas tree with a bow on it. I'm staring at it right now. I also bought at Trader Joe's, and again, this episode is not sponsored by Trader Joe's. This episode is sponsored by any donations I happen to get, uh, you know, every week from you, the listeners. But I also got um, a cedar 
scented candle. So I'm just swimming in Christmas. I'm swimming in a single girl's Christmas extravaganza bonanza over here on the Love Alexi podcast. And it's great. I don't have kids. I'm not, don't feel sorry for me. It's fine. Uh, I don't have children. Um, so I don't have to put like a big, because I feel like all my friends with kids, they're like, they're like, oh, we wouldn't get a tree, but we have to because, you know, the kids and I get it. So I almost didn't get a tree, but then I thought, you know what? I'm going to go home with this little guy, this little cute little, little tree. I'll take a photo. I'll put it on my Instagram in case you want to see it. I'm sure you do. Anyway, oh my God, stop flirting with me. All right. Ay, ay, ay. Where am I going with all this? I swear to God, I could just, I'm going to pull the plug on this podcast at any moment. Um, but why? I'm having a good time. Are you? I hope you are. <sighs> okay, here we go. Hi, Lexi. Hope quarantine has been gentle on you. Well, thank you very much. I'm a longtime listener and you've helped me navigate some tough periods in the past. Can't thank you enough. Heart emoji. Anyhow, long story, not so short. I came out to myself and a tiny handful of close friends as trans, male to female, about two years ago. And have only recently, okay, so male to female, and have only recently begun gender therapy while also attempting to get sober. Oh my goodness, you are doing so much work. This is incredible. Um, I love this. And I love your use of emojis in this email. I feel like not enough people are including emojis in the emails. And I just have to say, when I see an emoji in an email, I am like, I perk up. I just perk right up. Um, all right. So about two years ago. Okay. So I came out uh, to myself and a tiny handful of close friends as trans, male to female, about two years ago and have been uh, have recently begun gender therapy while also attempting to get sober mere months after moving cross country from New York to LA alone, jobless, largely isolated. Though my resolve in, uh, though my resolve in regard to fully embracing my transness is daily riddled with intense doubt. It's very possible I'll begin medically transitioning to one degree or another fairly soon. Deep down, I know I really want to. Despite the fact that fully coming out, predominantly to my family, terrifies me to no end. It just feels inevitable. I'm also terribly lonely and haven't had much success in terms of meaningful romantic relationships in my adult life. I'm in my early 30s and have had a bunch of flings, some more passionate than others, but I think gender dysphoria, among other things, has tripped me up in ways I couldn't have realized in the past. I guess what I'm wondering is... Should I even entertain the idea of trying to find a girlfriend, potential life partner right now, given what I'm currently going through personally? And how early, uh, given, okay, uh, given what I'm currently going through personally and how early slash uncertain I am in regards to my eventual transition, not to mention the pandemic, I just feel like a walking mess of deal-breaking baggage. Let's say under normal non-COVID circumstances, what do you think might be the best way to proceed? I'm not sure what I want more. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm not sure what I want more or feel less capable of to be loved by someone for who I am or to myself genuinely love someone and be able to accept their love in return. 
Sorry if any of this was garbled or unclear, confusing. Anyhow, you rock, and I hope you never stop doing what you do. Signed, J. I'll just say signed, J. Um, well, first of all, thank you for this beautiful email. Thank you for letting me and my our, you know my listeners get to know you. Thank you for being a listener and, and trusting me with your email. Now, there's so much going on here. You are doing it. You're just like completely coming into yourself. You're, you're transitioning. You're, you're revealing to others and to yourself like who you are authentically. You're getting sober, which is a huge thing in itself. Like so much is going on here. You moved cross country. I'm going to read the last bit of this as well because I want to make sure I get into the tiniest details of everything and all the nuances of what you're asking. But first off, my first pass at uh, addressing this email is, I think that the most important thing is you being comfortable with yourself and getting settled and getting really grounded in who you are and getting happy just with yourself just like we're, I was talking about it a, a little bit ago, just like not reaching for anything outside of yourself to make you happy, right? So I wish I could just sit with you and talk to you for a second. I, off the top of my head, just think like right now, you know, now is not the time to be like, okay, now I've got to fall in love because you have got so many other things to do. Getting settled in this new town, you're getting your sobriety and as many days of sobriety under your belt. I don't know if you're an AA or if you're also in a 12-step and what you're sober from, drugs and alcohol or, you know, but that is a feat in itself because the clarity, and I know from experience, I've, I, that's what a big part of this pandemic was for me. Like, well, starting like in October of last year, like I joined a 12-step and I I also removed alcohol from my life. The 12-step I'm in is not for alcohol, but I removed alcohol from my life. And then I took this deep dive into getting to know myself, which is one, which is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself in sobriety, in a 12-step program or whatever. In general... It is such a gift to get to know yourself. It's one of the most important things because the clearer you are, the more clarity you have about who you are and what you want for yourself and what makes you happy and what doesn't work for you, you get to another level where you'll, you'll draw in something. It'll just, and you don't have to do anything, by the way. You don't have to go seeking anything. I, I believe this. What is meant for you will come to you. I do believe that. And I feel like the stronger, the happier you become and the more you know yourself, you become like a magnet. You create this incredible magnetism. And, and honestly, I do feel that what Oh my God, there are women walking down the street laughing and I'm glad they're happy. But I'm doing this deep dive into this email and I really want to make sure I uh, 
say say some uh, helpful stuff. All right. When you get yourself to where you need to be and you are happy and joyous and free, as they say, even though it sounds corny, maybe it sounds corny or woohoo or 12 stuff or blah, 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 whatever. I actually have been using those phrases for myself because I'm like, I can't believe it. I used to be so miserable. Anyways, it's not about me. It's about you. But when, however, whatever it takes, whether it's like you, you transition uh, and let me read this and make sure I know exactly what's going on. Okay. So if that means that you wait till you're done with your medical transitioning uh, or you feel like you've come to terms and, and uh, are at peace with talking to your family members about who you are um, and being accepted by them, I mean, who cares? If they don't accept you, that's another email for another time and you're still wonderful and uh, they can go fuck themselves. But anyway, I'm sure they're great and I'm sure they're fully going <laughs> fully to accept you. But I'm saying like, because that, that shouldn't stop you up, even though I know... Um, that could be irritating and painful if you don't get acceptance. But again, external influences, external things don't dictate your happiness. They shouldn't. I mean, our whole world works on uh, uh, with the opposite theory where it's like, you need the shampoo to be happy. You need this shit in your face you need uh you need this outfit you need these boobs you need the like you can't be happy or feel enough or feel worthy of love uh until you have all these no 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 no. so that's you know the entire culture trying to sell you a lie but i think the main priority for you but you know you decide whatever you want to do obviously comes down to what you want for yourself. But if you're asking me, and you are, because you've sent this beautiful email into the Love Lexi podcast, I say, get yourself sorted out, get everything in line, learn who you are. It's, I mean, you'll be learning for the rest of your life, you know, get some more sobriety, days of sobriety under your belt, maybe a year. I don't know how long uh, you've been, uh, you've been sober for and take this beautiful opportunity to get quiet with yourself and just... Yeah, just be okay with yourself. And especially, I mean, what can I, I mean, how can I relate to this? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in no way experiencing what you're experiencing and making the, the changes that you're making. And But I will tell you, just as a human being to another human being, when you aren't comfortable with who you are and you're confused about who you are, what your needs are, and what you want, you're going to attract something that maybe might be right. But so I don't know. So I, I'd say get yourself solid and grounded in who you are as best you can. And you'll just see, I promise you, I know it, it will find you. And by it, I mean love and something nice. And then again, you know what? If you meet somebody, whether you're with them for a long time, a little bit, a week, a dalliance, text messages in the ether during a pandemic, these are all just experiences to have. They're neither good nor bad, but you get to learn more about yourself and about what you want and what you don't want. 
And I'm going to read this last bit again because it involves like a normal non-COVID circumstance. You said, let's say under normal non-COVID circumstances, what do you think might be the best way to proceed? I'm not sure what I want more or feel less capable of. To be loved by someone for who I am or to myself genuinely genuinely love someone and be able to accept their love in return. All right. So that's what I wanted to read again because I wanted to make sure I fully understood that. Okay. Well, you know what? You want all of that. You want to be, I mean, I'm going to, I'm, you wrote to me, so I'm going to tell you what you want. From what I've read, here's what I think. I think you want to be loved by someone for exactly who you are. Genuinely, you want to be accepted. You want to be seen by another person who fucking doesn't. My God, you get it. You're so into, okay. Yeah. That's great. You want to be accepted, seen, and loved for who you are exactly. You don't want to hide, you know, and pretend. No. Of course you want that. Or to myself, genuinely love some, genuinely love some people to accept their love in return. And yeah, you want to love someone, you want to be accepted by them, and you want to accept their love in return. I get it. It's, you know what? And all of it's scary. And there's no... Just, I can't just give you some blanket statement answer. That's what life is all about. That's why you have breakups and heartbreak and emotional highs and lows. And and you go, oh, oh. And then time gives you perspective where it's like you look back on a relationship and you go, oh, they did love me, but I was so scared. I, I couldn't feel it. I couldn't let it in because of X, Y, and Z. If you even have the ability to have that kind of perspective and clarity, you know, looking back hindsight is 2020, but not even always because some people don't even look back or take the time to figure out what, what happened. Here's the thing. Take care of yourself. Get grounded in who you are. Do all the things you need to do to feel settled as best you can. And then the people you will automatically attract into your life, those will be the people best suited to come into your life and for you to have a relationship with. So just have a little faith, trust in that. And until something walks into your life, because you don't need to go searching or chasing for anything, you don't, you really don't. You just need to take care of yourself and constantly wake up every single day and go, what do I need to do for myself to make my life wonderful, to make myself happy, to be kind to myself? You know, you you take your shower, you take your bath, you feed yourself, you don't get low blood sugar, you're kind to other people, you treat people the way you want to be treated, and you do the things you need to do to be exactly who you are meant to be and to get closer and closer and closer to being like the most authentic you you can possibly be. I can't stand the word authentic, not because it's not a great word, but because it's used so much lately where it's like self-love, self, you know, self-care, authentic. I'm like, oh my God, I used to love that word. Now it's such a buzzword that has no meaning anymore. But I'm using it in this sense because you are on a journey to becoming 
the, the most you you've ever been, the truest sense of you, getting to know yourself and being more you than you've ever been in your entire life. And that is fucking awesome. And that's your only job. So I wish you so much happiness and I'm sending you so much love and thank you for entrusting me uh, or giving me the opportunity to give you any kind of big sisterly advice. So I hope that helped. We got a couple more emails and then I'm going to fucking land this plane. Uh, I'm trying to keep these episodes under an hour and a half if I, if I can. This one says, um, dear love Alexi, hope I started that right. You sure did. Uh, and there's a little emoji. Thank you. Um, is it possible for two people who are not right for each other in the beginning to change and grow together throughout the course of a long-term relationship? Thank you. Respectfully, Raphael. Well, Raphael, yes, it is possible for two people who are not right for each other in the beginning to change and grow together throughout the course of a long-term relationship, but why? Why would you want to? It sounds like it's already off to a rocky start. Anything is possible if two people have a willingness and a desire to be in a relationship with one another. Yeah. And you know what? The relationship will, will end when one or both parties don't want to, don't want to try anymore. And there you go. And hopefully in any relationship, however it starts, uh, however long it lasts, hopefully every relationship involves change and growth, growing together. Um, And that's all I really have to say to that. But I wouldn't force anything. And again, pay attention to the whole, um, like I mentioned this earlier, but pay attention to falling in love with the idea of someone or the potential of someone and projecting like who they could be or who you want them to be or they kind of look like this person and they, you know, on paper, blah, be careful. Again, get real. Get real with yourself. But, you know, again, in the end, I can't tell you anything. I'm just your big sister. You got to go out and live your life and make mistakes and, uh, you know, and fall down and get back up again. But uh, I say if it's too difficult, especially in the beginning, and it's too hard, and again, you're expending a lot of energy, and it feels like, oh, you know, we just got to get through this, and then we'll be good, right? Uh, I don't know. I've already experienced enough of that in my life where now I'm like, you know what? No, I'm just trying to be completely myself all the time and then give the other person the opportunity to react the way they want to react uh, and show me who they are. And if it's difficult and they don't accept me uh, and it's not easy, easy and lovely and easy and makes me happy and I make them happy or whatever, you know what I mean? If it's not easy and uplifting and energizing, I'm like, "Ah, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to do it. I'm not trying to force anybody to be anything else. I'm not for, oh, you can't change people. And I'm not going to try and I don't want somebody to change me. And I sure as hell don't want to change myself, which is what I was talking about a little bit ago, where it's like I end up changing myself because I think somebody else wants me to be a certain way. So I start to like diminishing myself and like making shrinking, making myself smaller, acting a certain way, closing myself off, just like, ugh. And then I end up a shell of a person and the other person didn't even want me to change. I don't know. I don't know what's happening in your life. Raphael, but don't let it drag you down. 
And it is possible, I believe, for you, especially with such a sexy name like Raphael. Oh, I love it. Um, oh, wait. What are your initials? Oh, you have the initials that a psychic told me uh, years and years ago, which really mind fucked me. She was like, you're going to meet a man with the initials R, and I'll, I'll leave it at that, uh, R something else. And she was like, that's your guy. It'll be later in life and blah, blah, blah. And, that, and, then, and then from then on, I've been like, do they have the initials, blah, 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 the psychic said? And like, it's really was a hindrance. It's like she mind fucked me so much because it's like, just live your life, Alexi. Don't listen to the psychic. Um, anyway, Raphael, let it be happy and easy. And I want you to be happy. So, yeah. All right, here's a letter from S. She says, Dear Alexi, I'm so glad you're back. Hearing the musical intro in last week's podcast brought me such nostalgia. I'd listen while driving into the mountains to visit my uh, SD. Your SD? What? Oh, sugar daddy. Oh, my God. I'm like, nerd alert, grandma over here. I didn't know what SD stood for. I figured it out pretty quick, though. How is that? How am I supposed to know? Anyway, whatever. Okay, because the subject line of this email says, "Oh, I should have started here." God damn it! Hold on. I'm gonna. I gotta. I'm gripping the microphone, and I have to shake out my right hand because if I don't, I won't be able to masturbate tonight. Um, no, because my. Well, that's true too. But my right hand is like, I've been gripping the mic. Why am I I holding on to the microphone for dear life? I'm not. I don't feel like I'm riddled with fear. I feel like I just get excited to, to podcast. Anyway, I'm going to have a sip of, uh, of my now cold, milky, sugary uh, English breakfast tea. Hold on. I don't want you to hear me gulp. I don't, it's, not, it's not that kind of podcast. Okay, I tried to fill up the room with other sounds so you wouldn't hear me gulp. Unless that turns you on, but then you can just, you know. Send me a private message on my Venmo and I'll just make you a, a, a loop of me gulping my beverages. And anyway, that's another, that's for another day. Okay. Um, let me start this again. So the title of this sexy email is, is uh, Death of a Sugar... Okay, it's called Death of a Sugar Daddy and the Future of Dating. Wow. Death of a Sugar Daddy and the Future of Dating. Fuck. Very intense. Okay. Dear Lexi, I'm so glad you're back. Hearing the musical intro in last week's podcast brought me such nostalgia. I listened while driving to the mountains to visit my sugar daddy, who has since passed away. The relationship paid for grad school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but taught me so much more about gender and age dynamics. Boundaries, surface versus interior, desire, respect, love, etc. By the way, I don't encourage this strategy, but I lucked out and as an average looking woman in her mid thirties, met a complicated gentleman who provided more for me to simply be an occasional companion, no sex, some sexy stuff though, than I've heard of most young ultra hot women receive for going all out. Wow. Stop bragging. Jeez. Sounds exciting though. Okay. Uh, Alexi, I will say... It was interesting engaging with him amidst such a culturally charged time. These men, by default, are problematic, and there is much turning the cheek one must do to keep things chill. Despite consistently speaking out, 
to which he had no issue, I had to accept him as he was. A strange thing to do amidst a burgeoning revolution. Oh my God, where are you going with this? Is he racist? Is he racist? Does he hate women? Is it all of it? Okay, I'm going to keep reading. Alexi, of course, if it were not for the money, I would have bolted after my first outrage. Yet by staying when ultra-challenged, I was able to learn much about myself and about acceptance, love, and someone who was quite special beneath the coatings of patriarchy. I thank God for my psychotherapist for getting, uh, for really getting me through this time. I thought she would tell me to cut ties and do something more respectable, but she supported me completely, taking in both the beauty and the difficulty. In truth, I'm probably just as problematic as he was. But right now, the culture favors me and my flaws more than him and his. I have no doubt a slew of my ex-boyfriends could have me canceled tomorrow if they disclosed the irrational behavior of my past. I've been rotten and childish when triggered, at times physically aggressive. Luckily, the love of those relationships outweighed the darkness, and those guys would still have my back. But this is worth speaking to. Many of us, many if not most of us, have been monsters to varying degrees. And most of it, not all of us. Wait, what? Okay. Many if not most of us have been monsters to varying degrees. And most if not all of us could be called out or canceled by either a stranger who's overheard us at our worst or a partner who's seen us there. I bring this up in response to your last episode in which I have to disagree with you. Post-pandemic dating should not begin with a confession of missteps, fuck-ups, and calls for cancellation. Nobody's hands are clean in the least. I propose we cancel each other out at large and begin anew. If ever there were a time for a clean slate, it's now. Mostly, though, thank you for returning. Your openness and honesty on this podcast has flattened me on multiple occasions, but again, mostly while driving through the Cali Mountains to visit X, who I grew to love dearly and will miss forever. Grateful we still have you. Love, S. Well, thank you for this email. A beautiful email, but I don't even remember saying that. Then again, I do these podcasts and I just ramble and I'm so in it. And then I'm like, what happened? So let me, what did I say? Post-pandemic should not be... Oh, because I think I made a joke being like, post-pandemic, I'm going to have to be like, did you vote or were you me too'd? Oh yeah, I get get what you're saying. And you know what? Even going back to the fact that I didn't want to mention the guy who years and years ago, like aggressively sexted me without my consent. And I was just like, what? Like, because people change and grow and I know, yeah, my hands aren't clean. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, so I totally get what you're saying. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Like, listen, whatever your, your sugar daddy, and I'm sorry for his passing. I hope you're okay. Whew. Um, overall, what I'm getting from this email is the fact that like, yeah, it's not all black and white. There are shades of gray. We can learn. And hopefully we grow and we learn from our past mistakes. I mean, I'm just going to put this down for a minute and uh, yeah, and when I agree with you in a sense, here's why. 
yeah, I've been, oh yeah, my, my, my ex-partners or boyfriends, they've seen me at my worst. They're, they're the ones who usually see me at my worst. It's either my mom see me at my worst, my dad's, my mom see me at my worst and ex-lovers have seen me at my worst because that's when all the shit comes up. Like when all the like, oh, the wounded child, the little girl having a tantrum, uh, all the the rage and the issues and the anger and like uh, and the misplaced rage and the reactivity it all comes out in my romantic relationships and my hands are not clean I have been fucking at my worst okay so yeah um I don't want to be judged and and like on that anyway but that's the whole thing of life you go through what you go through. Hopefully you learn and you reflect and you grow and you change and you get to know yourself. See, it all it's all coming together. Everything that's been discussed tonight and, and all the other recent episodes of this podcast, it's like, it's all the same stuff. Intuition, figuring out who you are, figuring out what you want. Stop lying to yourself and just try to get better. Get better. it's so fucking exhausting, isn't it? Anyway, um, I do want to say, speaking of things like, you know, not being black and white. Oh, 50 shades of grain. It's all coming together. No wonder that movie was. (laughs) Oh, because, oh, suddenly my mind is just blown. Because it's not just black and white. There are 50 shades of gray. Because uh, people are into... Forget it. Okay. Anyway, I'm realizing through various experiences I've had, like, I don't want to just call it sexting and reduce it to just sexting, but I've had some wonderful pen pals during this pandemic that have opened me up sexually in ways where it's like, I actually texted this to one of my one of my best friends. Uh, I was just thinking, like, I wonder if he thinks I'm his best friend. I don't think he does, but whatever. Anyway, he's just my friend. Okay, I'm an adult. I don't need to rate people and call them my best friend. Anyway, so I was texting with him, with my with my best friend, and I said uh, I was telling him about like this texting rendezvous I was having and like this flirtation I was having. Uh, during the pandemic. And I went, oh, you know, I was like, I feel really like solid in who I am. I don't feel like I'm losing myself though. And he goes, if any, he goes, it doesn't sound like you're losing yourself at all. It, feel, it sounds like you're learning, uh, you know, you're, you're becoming more yourself. And I was like, fuck, he's right. Because I've been, I've been having pandemic flirtations, you know, during this nine month period and I've become so much more comfortable in my sexuality. And I've always been a very sexual and, and comfortable in my sexuality, a very sexual person. But all of a sudden, I'm learning another plane is going, going by. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Um, but I find myself to be less judgmental of who other people are. And I think this is because that's how I'm being towards myself. I'm, I'm not as mean to myself as I used to be because I'm more comfortable in who I am and just accepting who I am, being like, no, this is who I am. Let's let, me, let me be me. 
oh, I've had other, I've had relationships in the past where the guy's like, why are you being weird? Or like, or chill, chill. I'm like, what? This is it. This is me. Like, and now I'm like totally into like how I am and just, I don't need somebody to tell me to like, whatever. Um, where the fuck was I going with this? But anyways, during these like pandemic flirtations and, and textual rendezvous, I've been introduced to some sexual scenarios Nothing crazy. How dare you? I'm not going to tell you all the details, but where I'm like, oh, I'm turned on by this, or this is cool, or oh, I feel like the old me would have been like, what? This this guy's gross. Or I can't believe he's suggesting this. Oh my god! Instead, I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. Does that make sense? What I'm saying here? I, I'm just. I feel like uh, I've yeah, I've woken up sexually during this pandemic in ways I never imagined. And it's because I'm less judgmental of others. And I'm also like being more honest with myself and I'm calling the shots and how I feel about stuff as opposed to like telling every girlfriend or friend about like, uh, except for the best friend I checked in with, but I, I want to make this point and I want it to land. I don't know. I just feel like I'm, I have, it's between me and me and I, and I know myself better and I'm like, oh, I'm into this and I had no idea I would be into this. Oh my God. Look at like, uh, I'm turned on by this and there's like more strength to the sexuality. I can't explain it perfectly. It's not coming out quite right. But, um, and before I, I would have been more judgmental and I would have like had to ask other people their opinion and what they think. And then all of a sudden I take on all these opinions of other people until I would get so like befuddled and muddled and just like, I don't know what to feel now. Now I'm like, now I'm even more confused. And now I'm like, I don't need to ask everybody else their opinion of my life and my personal life. This is my personal life. I'm good with it. That's all that matters. That's it. I've, I've never been so solid in myself like that. And that's a miracle. I can't believe it. So that's something interesting that, and, uh, and then also, if somebody is a certain way sexually or flirtatious with me, and if I'm not into it, I don't have to be like, fuck you, you disgusting pervert. I'm just like, all right, well, that's what you're into. Uh, I'm going to see my way see my way out of here. And then you just duck out. But that's why, like, you know, 50 Shades of Grey, baby. It all comes together. I can't believe it. Um, all right final email of the night final email of this week's app all right this is from zoe she says hey lexi so happy you're starting your podcast again i'd love to remain anonymous and be called zoe i guess i'll jump right into my problem i'm a 26 year old female who has been in a wonderful relationship for about a year and a half he's truly wonderful and sometimes i look at him and i'm like fuck I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Let's call him Zach. Prior to dating Zach, I was in a relationship with someone who I never really loved, but he was fun to date. Let's call this dude James. James invited me to come along with him to trivia night with him and some of his friends. I was sitting at the bar waiting for his friends to arrive when a handsome man entered the restaurant and I immediately saw him and felt an electric connection. Turns out this was one of James's friends. The friend, let's call him Ryan, came and joined us, and the entire night, 
We talked and I completely enjoyed his company, more so than James. Flash forward a few more months. I'm still dating James. Uh, I'm still dating James and hanging out with his friends, including Ryan. Now, hindsight 2020, I should have ended things with James and maybe tried to pursue Ryan because who the fuck cares? But in my head at the time, I was like, I can't do that because James would truly hate me. Time went on and I ended up moving to a different state for work. And Ryan ended up visiting his friend in the same state and texted me that he was in the area if I wanted to come hang out. I was like, gee whiz, sure. We hung out until the wee hours of the morning, definitely flirting, but didn't cheat. After that night, I ended things with James, mostly because I knew he wasn't my person and I didn't want to string him along. Ryan texted me after I ended things with James and was like, wow, heard what happened. Hope you're doing well, etc." A week or two went by and Ryan texted me saying, hey, actually, I've been into you since the day I met you, but obviously couldn't say anything because you were dating my friend. Now, Lexi, I think I literally texted him back saying, holy shit, me too. I can't even believe it. Uh, nothing really happened after that because he lives across... Okay, so that's what you wrote back to him. You wrote, you wrote, holy shit, me too. I can't even believe it. Like, see, nothing really happened after that because he lives across the country, but basically we were like, wow, that's crazy we felt that way. Too bad no one did anything about it when we're living in the same state. Flash forward to now. Ryan is popping up in my mind a lot but I'm completely fulfilled and in love with Zach. Am I just a failure at monogamy? Why am I still thinking about the whole storyline of Ryan? Is it just because I never got to live it out and we sometimes crave what we can't have? Is it normal to be in love and still think about other people sometimes? I don't know. Hope you're staying safe during the pandemic. Signed, Zoe. Oh my goodness, Zoe. I've never heard it referred to as the pandemic. That is so cute. And I really wish I started this email out with the title that you came up with, which is perfect, which is subject, am I a failure at monogamy? Now listen, coincidence that it all comes back to listen to your gut and your intuition. Of course you, you two were falling in love at the same time or had an immediate lustful connection. You felt it and he felt it too. And you both denied your feelings. And I get it. That's respectful. You were dating his friend. But here's the thing. What's going to happen is going to happen. Whatever is meant to be will, ha- will happen. I, I promise. Not to be like that, but I'm, I'm being like that. I do feel like there are two things. Yes, maybe you're romanticizing what could have been, and they do say that romantic love only exists. Uh, some, I, I'm going to botch this quote. I don't even know who said it, when they said it, where they said it, who it was, uh, but who said this? Romantic love is love that's never been realized. So there's a possibility you're just like yearning for like, ooh, this mysterious thing that you never got to experience. Or you two are meant to fuck and it's going to get hot and it's going to be cool. I don't know when, I don't know where, but it will happen. I don't know. It's either those two. Okay. But I don't know. Time will tell. You're not horrible at monogamy. You're a human being. You're having your thoughts and your feelings, your secret thoughts, your secret feelings that are in your head. You're allowed. You're not a failure at monogamy. But listen, if you're with your boyfriend and you love him, uh, let's call him Zach, 
Oh, by the way, you're 26 years old. You are still very, very young. Not to, you know, I'm not trying to reduce the importance of uh, whatever. I don't, I'm not minimizing what you're going through. This is all intense and very fascinating and special and important stuff. But you've been with your, your boyfriend now for a year and a half and you, you love him. And you're thinking about the other guy. Well, you didn't do anything wrong. You're allowed to have your private inner life. All right? Now, just keep being in love and being happy with your current boyfriend until you're not. However long it lasts for, just continue what you're doing. And it's a day-to-day kind of thing. And if for whatever reason, I mean, I'm just like making stuff up because this hasn't happened, but if Ryan pops into town and you run into each other, you're at the supermarket, you're at the mall, you're at the Apple store, you're at Whole Foods and you're both wearing masks, but you feel drawn to him and you both reach for the same can of soup at the exact same time and then you look and you're like, Ryan? And he's like, Zoe? I mean, if it's going to happen like that, it's going to happen like that. You're going to have to do what you got to do, but you're not there yet. Here's where you are. You're trying to exist during a pandemic. You're fantasizing about the love and lust that could have been that wasn't. You are quarantining with a man who loves you, who you say you love. For a year and a half, you're, quarant- uh, you're together and you've been quarantining for about nine months, we hope. And I also hope you two wear masks. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to put that there. So you know what? I don't know what's going on with your sex life. I don't know if you if you're fighting, if you're annoyed with each other, if the uh, like the uh, the if the spark is isn't as bright as it used to be because we're all experiencing a uh, a collective a global pandemic. As I've said seventy two times during this podcast, that's actually the secret drinking game uh, phrase. So I hope you figured that out earlier and have been drinking the entire time every time I said that global pandemic. Um, But I don't really see a problem. I see it as being human. And again, just keep paying attention to how you feel. And that will lead you to your next right step, your next right move. And there you go. I would advise you, since you wrote in to me, and I am playing the part of your big sister, I would say, don't cheat. Don't cheat on your boyfriend. I know you didn't. You didn't say you're gonna, and the guy you're lusting after is, and you know he lives somewhere else. I'm just putting that out there. Try to be a good, kind person, good with your word, and treat your love the way you want to be treated. And that's it. And then maybe in a couple months, I'll get an email from you, and you'll be like, "Guess what? Zach and I broke up. Ran into Ryan at Target. We we're both in the bedding aisle." One thing led to another, and we started making out in the cushions. And then I'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. But you know what? That's your story to write. So time will tell. Time will tell. And if it's meant to be, it'll be meant to be. And my God, I think that's the show. I think these are all my, uh, the emails I wanted to read. Uh, I didn't read them before recording. But I knew based on the titles of the, the subject lines uh, and like words that stuck out of the of the uh, emails, I knew that they were relationship related. So um, those are all the relationship, romance, love, 
sex and dating emails for the sex, dating, romance, love rendezvous episode of the Love Alexi podcast, romance during quarantine, pandemic, lockdown, revolution. And uh, if you think any of the advice I gave you helps, if you found any of it helpful and you'd like to have a one-on-one session with me, wherever you are, whoever you are, male, female, whatever your sexual orientation, whoever you are, if you need a big sister, I would love to be the big sister you always wanted. All right. Uh, You can get information on big sister sessions. That's what I call them. We do them over Zoom. It's one-on-one, an hour-long one-on-one session between me and you. And uh, the info is in the link on my Instagram page at Alexi Wasser. Again, subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, review, be my friend on Instagram, donate to the show if you want via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. That's all the stuff. That's all the stuff to say. And uh, I will be back next week. Send me your emails. Send those emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. And I will read them on the show. And most importantly, I just want to say this. I love you.